Thank you for joining us for Digging Deeper with Gary Johnson. This radio program is dedicated to getting into the deeper levels of God's Word and learning how to live the life He has created for us. Let's join Gary now as he opens the Word and teaches us to dig deeper. Hello, my brothers and sisters. This is Gary Johnson. Welcome again to Digging Deeper. Last week, I devoted my time to teaching you about the three greatest lies of the devil and how they were all overcome through three remedies in Jesus Christ. If you didn't catch that broadcast, I invite you to still listen to it. You can go on kslr.com, look up archives, look up podcasts, and go to Digging Deeper. You can hear all of the programs that I've had recorded, I believe, in the last year or two. So I believe you'll be blessed. The Lord led on to me today to start a series from the Psalms. Now, I'm always in prayer about what to do on this program. I don't have a specific series of, of, of scriptures that I try to follow and, and go through. I don't have a, a particular slogan or something like that that I use. My only desire is to ask the Lord, what is it that you need right now so that as you're driving, as, as you're doing your wash, as you're cleaning the house, as you're talking to friends in the living room, whatever you're doing and listening to this, that the Lord would bless you and meet your need for this day. And uh, this past week, as I was looking through the Word, He reminded me that I have some notes that I took down from the Psalms, and very rarely have I spoken from the Old Testament. Uh, I usually look in the New Testament for scriptural support for what I'm teaching. But, you know, again, the church errs if it turns away and ignores the Old Testament. The Old and New Testament actually is one body of scripture, and you need to know the Old Testament in order to understand the significance of the New but you have to know the New Testament in order to understand how the Old Testament became fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The Old Testament is full of prophecies, all, all pointing toward Jesus, the festivals, uh, everything uh, that the Lord commanded and the promises were all there pointing toward Jesus. And in the New Testament, we see the fulfillment of Jesus. So, I believe still that those in the Old Testament are saved by faith. They were saved by faith in believing that there was a coming Savior, that there was a coming Messiah, that someone God was sending was going to come for them to save them from their sins. And we now, in the New Testament age, believe that that has been done, that Jesus came, took our sins, gave us a new life, and has given us the Scripture now to base our Christian faith upon, and we know that he is also coming again. So I invite you now to pick up your Bible and turn to Psalms. Of course, Psalms is in the middle of the Bible. Um, by the way, do you remember how many books there are in the Old Testament? There are 39. Do you remember how many books there are in the New Testament? 27. 
And uh, as a math teacher, I remember the 27 because I take the 39 and I say three times nine is 27. There's always a way to remember something like that. And I believe it's also helpful to learn the books of the Bible in order. So I have a plan for today. I'm going to look specifically at Psalm 51. And then after that, we're going to go through each psalm in future broadcasts, and I'm going to tell you what the Lord has inspired me to believe and say in each psalm so that you will become blessed by them. Feel free to take notes as we go along. Feel free to underline your Bible. If you're using uh, in, a, in a phone app, uh, that's wonderful. Uh, you can use um, your phone to take notes. Uh, you can use paper to take notes. It's so good afterwards to look through them again, pray over them, refresh your memories the day goes on, because the devil tries to snatch these things away. Have you noticed that? You know, you can go to a wonderful church service and hear the best sermon there ever was and go right out and say, that was so good, but I don't know what he said. And, uh, oh, I believe that happens to the best of us. And somebody said, well, what, what went on there today? Oh, it was so good. The whole service was so good. And somebody spoke. I'm not sure who it was and, and what they said. It just went over my head. But, uh, boy, it was sure good. Well, I don't, first of all, I want to speak to you on your level today. And every time that I speak, I want it to be easy to understand. And second, I'm encouraging you to take notes and, and to refresh your memories the day goes on because the more you think about something, the less likely it's going to fade away. I still remember scripture that I memorized, lots of scripture that I remember memorized in 1974 because I made a point of saying it over and over again using Navigator uh, verse cards, and uh, I know they're still in business, and they're still offered, uh, and I think it did me tremendous good back then. It's still in my spirit. Please open the Psalms to Psalm number 51. Somebody needs this today. It may be you, and I'm, I'm asking that you be in a prayerful attitude as we go through this. Psalm 51, it says at the very beginning, says, for the leader, a psalm of David. Now, most psalms were written by David, although there are many that were not. And most of them say at the beginning who they were written by. One was written by Moses, believe it or not. That was the 90th psalm. But it says here that David wrote this psalm when Nathan the prophet came to him after his affair with Bathsheba. The most prominent sin that David committed was the adultery with Bathsheba and the cover-up of that that he made by allowing uh, Bathsheba's husband to be killed in battle. Two tremendous sins. And as you read the scripture about it, uh, it, it talks about how that David did this and did not immediately repent of it. Did not. And so what the Lord did, he raised up somebody else to come into David's life. And, and uh, you know, the Lord might be doing that to you today. Maybe he's raising me up to come into your life today. Maybe he's raising somebody else to come into your life today because there's unfinished business. Unfinished business. So with David, there was unfinished business here. He had committed these grievous sins before the Lord. 
and had not fallen on his face and asked forgiveness for it and received the Lord uh, under blessing from it, his, his forgiveness. So the Lord raised up the prophet Nathan, and Nathan came to David. And you remember the story how that Nathan presented David with a hypothetical situation of somebody that sinned, sinned horribly. And Nathan reacted, and he said, Oh, that's, that's so terrible what that man did. Uh, I, I, I couldn't ever do something like that. And Nathan looked at David and said, You are the man. And David fell on his face and wept bitterly before God. The, the same as Peter did when he denied Christ. He wept bitterly before God, saying, God, all have I done wrong. Thank you for sending Nathan to point this out to me. And then these are the words, the 51st Psalm, are the words that David said at that moment. Follow me along as I read from this Messianic Bible. He says, God in your grace, yes, grace was known in the Old Testament, have mercy on me. I am lost and undone, and David said. There's no way out of this if I don't receive from your grace and your mercy. In your great compassion, he says, blot out my crimes. David knew he had committed crimes not only to man, but most especially to God. And it hurt him so, so much because, you know, previously, remember, God had said that David was a man after his own heart. I don't remember him saying that that way for, to anybody else or about anybody else. And he had specifically chosen David to be king, and he trusted David. David failed. David failed him. David fell. And so right now, David is saying to him, in your great compassion, O God, blot out my crimes. He goes on to the next verse. Wash me completely from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my crimes. My sin confronts me all the time. It says in King James, my sin is ever before me. Now, some of you, some of you have done things that you feel so horribly about, and it's always on your mind. Put yourself in David's place right now. David has realized all that he has done wrong. He's gone against God. He's hurt people. Those that specifically put their trust in him because David was king. Hear me, David was king. He should have been setting the example in everything he does. So maybe, maybe some of you are, are husbands and head of the household and, and, and head of companies. And, and you, you know that you should be setting the example. And, and David here is saying, oh, did I mess up. And God, I realize the only way out is through you to have your your grace and your compassion operating in me. And he says, I am so ashamed. I know my crimes and they are ever before me. In other words, they're driving me crazy. <laughs> Even the memory of them right now constantly on my mind and is driving me insane. 
Okay, now if that's your case, that something's on your mind and driving you insane right now what you did, let's go on and see what David did about it. Because David recovered. Uh, it's not that David took these sins lightly. No, he did not. David absolutely despised his sin. I mean, there are plenty of cases in life that people take their sins too lightly. And, and, and in that case, uh, the, the, I, I, the, you know, the, the forgiveness of God, I, let me put it this way. I believe the forgiveness of God comes in full measure when we fully agree with God that our sins are despicable. So David did that. But yet he still got these visions constantly before him of, of what he did because he hated it so much. Let's go on to the next verse, which I believe here is uh, verse 4 in the normal Bible. In the Messianic Bible, it's verse 6. And it says, against you, you only, have I sinned. Now that is acknowledgment that you and I need to make right now, friends. The sin that we did was against people, but it was primarily against God. It was against the one who gave us life. It was against the one who gave us Jesus. It's the one that's giving us a future and a promise. The one who says he's going to provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He is the one that we sinned against. Now, you might have been afraid to tell him because you're afraid of what he's going to do. But right now, follow David's example. Say, against you, God, against you, my Father, against you only have I, sent, have I sinned, and I have done what is evil from your perspective, so that you are right in accusing me and justified in passing sentence. Oh, it is so easy. It is so easy to think. Oh, what I'm going through is, is, is far beyond uh, what, should have been, uh, what should have been prescribed for me for what I did. I, I, just, I did something, but the misery, that the torment that I'm going through right now is way too much. I, I don't need all of this. Please, please, first of all, follow David's example. I'm doing this for you today. Now, David is saying, you are right in accusing me. Okay? In other words, I confess I've done wrong. You're, you're right and not overlooking it. You're, you're right at not winking at me and, and excusing it. You are right, Lord, in, in that. And you're right and justified in passing sentence. In other words, whatever you think is appropriate is, is fine with me. Okay? You do that right now in God's presence. Now, he goes on to verse 5. He says, True. I was born guilty. I was a sinner from the moment my mother conceived me. I was born guilty. This is scripture that shows that even babies are in sin when they are born. Uh, I believe they're going to heaven because they don't have a sense of accountability. But they're born into a sinful uh, world, and, and the scripture teaches in Romans that all who come into this world have a sin nature that's been passed down from Adam. And so even David is acknowledging that when he was born, he was a sinner. Uh, but he goes on, verse 6, he says, Still, you want truth in the inner person. So make me know wisdom in my inmost heart. So, David now is realizing the truth, and I'm asking you right now to transition to this important truth.
that the things that you did outwardly, perhaps you lied, perhaps you cheated, uh, perhaps you hurt somebody in, in some way, perhaps you did something to hurt yourself uh, that you know was against God's will. You did some, something outward. Now, David is acknowledging that those outward actions were ever before him, but now he's transitioning. He's saying, I realize I'm a sinner. I had that sin nature, but it's time now to focus again on the heart because even Jesus taught that it's from the heart that the truth about ourselves comes out. It's from the heart that the words come forth. It's from the heart that our obedience springs forth. And so David said, you make me know wisdom in my inmost heart. So he's saying, let's start over. Let's start fresh. Are you ready to start fresh today? David is saying, I'm going to start over again in my heart. You make my heart right, Lord, and everything will be okay. All right? So that's right now. Say to the Lord, I submit my heart to you to right now, Father. I want a clean heart, O oh God. I want a new person inside of me. Because if I am whole and complete inside, then my body, my mind, my emotions is going to follow my heart. Amen? We're not going to let our heart follow our minds and our emotions and our bodily desires and impulses. Let's get it right in the heart. David's doing the right thing here. So in verse 6, he says, Make me know wisdom in my inmost heart. Verse 7, Sprinkle me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be what? Whiter than snow. He's inviting God, and you and I can invite him right now, deep inside, to say, wash me, Lord. Make me new inside. Make me new in my heart, that I might be whiter than snow. Listen to me, friends. If, if you're whiter than snow, that means that those sins that you did are no longer being remembered. Did you hear me? If you're whiter than snow, that means you're like a, a brand new person that God is giving a second chance to. Don't worry about what you did wrong because if you're inviting God to change your heart and you've taken a tough attitude towards sin and you're agreeing with God in all of this, he is making you whiter than snow. He is taking your sin away. He's giving you a brand new nature. He's giving you a new start. Verse 8. Let me hear the sound of joy and gladness. Oh, isn't that marvelous? Now, look at the transition, what's happened. Back up here at the beginning, David was all down. He was all sad. He's saying, I can't get these thoughts out of my mind, how I've hurt you, Lord. But David turned and said, no, Lord, Let's get our minds off of that right now and get it onto my heart. I want my heart to be changed. I want my heart to be renewed. And so he's gone through that, and now he says, I hear the sound of joy and gladness. And the bones that you crushed, even my bones rejoice. Verse 8. Turn away your face from my sins, and blot out my crimes. Now, he's going back and repeating the same verse. He said, and the same thing he said back in verses 2 and 3. 
But you know what the difference is? Let me tell you the difference right now between verse 9 and verses 2 and 3. Verses 2 and 3 were done from a position of despair, total despair, saying, I'm away from God. I've done horrible. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Verse 9 is from a position of strength, from spiritual strength. Now when David speaks out to God in verse 9 and says, Turn away your face from my sins and blot out all my crimes. Now he is in complete agreement and understanding and expectation that it is done. Because he sees God now is on his side. Do you see what I'm saying? So now when he has faced his sins, faced his crimes in verse 9, he is telling them from a position of strength, you no longer have control over me. Because God is coming in and taking over my insides, and you will no longer be able to tell me what to do. My Savior in me is telling me what to do. So my crimes are over. They won't be committed again. My sins are over. They won't be committed again. Brand new. Verse 10, he says, Oh, oh, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew in me a resolute spirit. Do you know what a resolute spirit means? What the word resolute means? It means I will not be moved. And the Psalms say over and over and over again, a believer in God will not be moved. Create in me a resolute spirit, O oh God. Don't thrust me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. I want to say to you today that David's most prized possession was the Holy Spirit of God that was with him Day by day, moment by moment, he said, don't take the Holy Spirit away from me. Restore my joy in your salvation. Let a willing spirit uphold me. Then what? I will teach the wicked your ways, and sinners will return to you. That marks, that marks a complete conversion when you get to the point of saying, not only am I yours, Lord, I want others to be yours also. I have complete confidence that you have come inside, gotten rid of my sin, gotten rid of my tendency to sin, changed me, filled me with the Holy Spirit, and now I have a desire that others go through the same thing that you have just done for me. And that's why I'm here with you today, my friend. I want to do for you the same type of thing that God did for David. David did a tremendous, horrible sin. No question about it. Probably most of you have not, have not caused a person to be killed in battle as he did. However, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God today wants to come in and make you a new creation. He wants to do to you today the same as he did to David. David confessed he was born in sin. David confessed that all those sins that he did were in front of him. But he started with his heart. Right now, I want you to look at your heart and say, Father, I refuse to look at those things that I did because only the devil wants me to do that. But you want me to look inside and take a good look at my heart. And you want to change my heart. You want to renew my heart. You want to give me a brand new heart of flesh. You want to be in my heart. You want the Holy Spirit to be the one that's in charge of my heart. And I yield my heart to you right now. 
And now that I've given my heart over to you, you have now filled me with joy and gladness. I'm no longer filled with sadness and and depression like I was and that, that hopeless feeling like I had because you're with me, Lord. And if you're with me, who can be against me? And Lord, I want to offer myself up to you right now as a sweet-smelling sacrifice to give myself over to this world to serve you until Jesus comes. Did you make that transition today, my friend? I'd like for you to write me. My name is Gary. The email is g77j77 at yahoo.com. If you went through an experience like David did, I pray and believe that you also went through a change like David did so that you're on your way again. Oh, that's what I want to hear. You're on your way again. You're back on your feet. You love God. You love his people. You want to do his will. You're no longer battered by the devil who, ke- who kept telling you in the past you're no good, you'll never make it. I'm here to tell you the opposite. Jesus loves you. He wants you. He needs you. He's got great things for you to do. Get to know him this week and have a very blessed week. Tune in next week. In Christ, you deserve it. Thank you for joining us for Digging Deeper. If you would like to get in touch with host Gary Johnson, please send him an email at g77j77 at yahoo.com. Again, that email address, g77j77 at yahoo.com. Thank you again for joining us for today's program and join us next week for Digging Deeper.